Hi, I'm Mark Scott, Secretary of the New South Wales Department of Education, and welcome to Every Student, the podcast where I get to introduce you to some of our great leaders in education. And what a remarkable time we're living in now, and what great leadership we need in education as we deal with the COVID-19 pandemic and the challenge that's presenting to educators everywhere, and the real challenge of ensuring that learning continues and that, that our students are safe and well and engaged in learning, no matter where they are. So this is the first of a series of podcasts in the Every Student series I'm going to be doing with our leaders as they manage their way through COVID-19 and as we all work together to ensure that teaching and learning takes place in a high quality and effective way. Today I'm talking with Brad Lanham and Brad is the acting principal of Canley Vale Public School in southwest Sydney. And Brad's school has more than 900 students and serves both a low socioeconomic and a culturally diverse community. And I'm checking in about how Brad's school is transitioning to learning from home and how he's communicating with his school community. Welcome to the Every Student Podcast, Brad. Thanks for having us, Mark. So tell us a little bit about Canley Vale. I mean, relatively few students there at the moment, I guess, but when it's fully operational and uh, going full speed, what do we find when we visit you there? Look, uh, you're right, we are uh, relatively small at the moment. We've got five students there uh, today, six students yesterday, so we're sitting at 99.4% um, absentee rate, which is fantastic. It shows the support that we have from our um, absolutely amazing school community. Um, to give you context of our school community, um, I'm lucky enough to lead uh, possibly, I, I dare say, one of the most uh, rich, uh, cultural diverse communities in southwestern Sydney. The students that we have in our school are hardworking, they're caring. The teachers at the school are hardworking, driven, and this whole experience has shown how adaptable they are from our early career teachers all the way through to our very experienced teachers. Um, our community itself is such a generous, welcoming and accepting community, and the community itself, the whole school community, is built around very strong relationships. Uh, which has proven very, very useful throughout this whole experience. Um, as you said before, we are a large um, Peter Six uh, school in southwestern Sydney with nine, over 900 students, very complex school, but we do have 97% EALD students. So that is something that through this experience we've found uh, a challenge to make sure that all of our students have an equitable access to remote learning one of the uh, things throughout about this. One of the things about COVID-19, I think, is how quickly it has moved. And you know, from an item on the news on something that was happening a long way away to something that's dominating our lives now. I heard it said, though, that even from the beginning of uh, Term 1, you know, 10, 11 weeks ago, that it was on the radar for your parents and your school community. Absolutely it was. Um, we have approximately 30% of our um, school community is of Chinese background. Uh, many of our parents absolutely uh, love Lunar New Year and go home every single year uh, for Lunar New Year. They go back to China and go to a large range of provinces um, within China. So from day one, we had to make sure that we understood, understand where our students were during their school holidays and make sure that we track them very carefully when they came back into our school community because our whole school community, not just our Chinese families, were concerned about the spread of COVID-19. And did you have students who had to go into a 14-day isolation period as they came back from China after the Lunar New Year? 
Absolutely, Mark. We had we had a, a, quite a few students who did have to go into isolation. And how did how did the parents feel about that, and the school community feel about that? The whole school community overall was absolutely fantastic. Uh, our Chinese community um, were very very understanding and. All they asked for, to be honest, was can you please supply us a bit of work to make sure that our children uh, still learn. It shows the high value of education within our community, but they, they, they were very, very understanding. So I want to talk about that and explore that a bit. Um, I mean, this is a successful and high-achieving school um, with a community that values education. Um, I'm interested in uh, the transition to online learning that you've done and parental expectations around that. So with the signs that you were seeing and the messaging you were getting for your community, we, did you start early in thinking through what a transition to online learning could look like at your school? We did. As a, as a staff, we, we had a, um, a long talk around what worst case scenario uh, might, might be, uh, which was basically a complete shutdown. The conversations we had as a staff was around that our students deserve the best and our community deserved the best. We wanted to walk away from this uh, knowing that the education that we were able to provide our students throughout this was the best uh, education that we could provide at the time. So straight away we, we went into planning mode uh, early to make sure that we had four weeks worth of work ready to go, which sat in a uh, website that we built ready to basically be flicked on. So, so you flicked on that switch when the Premier said best that people learn from home you were really you know, pretty ready uh, to transition to that, which, which put you ahead, I think, of uh, many schools and many school systems around the country. Just talk a little bit about how you think through what quality learning looks like at home for your students and what are the ingredients of the work that was developed by your staff uh, to transition this There's way? A lot to unpack there um, that we did talk about. We did talk about the, the quality of learning for our students. We did want to try and make it uh, predominantly online, but as I said before, we are a low SES school um, and we do have 97% EALD um, families. So there, there, there are a lot of equity issues around the delivery of online learning. Feedback was possibly um, one of the most important things that we talked about on how we can provide authentic feedback to our students once we flick the switch, uh, so to speak. So that, that's been embedded into what we had planned as well. We didn't put the reins on our staff to start with. We, we said to them we wanted asynchronous learning so parents could come in at different points. We didn't necessarily think that it was appropriate for um, our younger students to all log in at the same time to d deliver um, really traditional style classroom things just online. So we talked about the platforms that we thought would be most useful. We were already using Seesaw in the kindergarten area. We were using Class Dojo in the um, Stage 1 area. But those platforms um, were working well, so we've stuck with those. But the uh, three to six teams are using Google Classroom. So there was a lot of conversation around what platforms we could use that would host the learning. And we are lucky enough and fortunate enough to have very strong instructional leaders in our school. And those instructional leaders work really closely with the teams to develop learning that was uh, rich as well. So. Basically, it was all hands on deck. We had our yield team in there as well to ensure that the yield needs for our students were also being addressed. So, 
And, and um, there's a lot of material that's gone up on the department's website, and I think there's been a lot of sharing between schools of resources as well. Have you found that material valuable? Yeah, the, what um, the team's put together from the department, we've now shared that with the rest of our, our team, and they're looking at that now and how that can sort of help shape what uh, we're currently doing as well. I know that within that Fairfield network, all of the principals uh, have been sharing a range of different resources across our schools. Uh, the Fairfield network do have a lot of, um, uh, all of us are very low SES and high in EALD um, so across the whole network, every principal has been sharing and that's been extremely useful for all of us. We're recording this conversation uh, towards the end of week 10 of this long term. Um, and it's about, you know, we're almost in two weeks of the transition that, that we've had to the vast majority of students learning from home. You tell the story about preparing in advance for that. You were ready. You've now rolled out the material and you've had about two weeks to watch it in practice. Um, what surprised you about learning out the material? And as you reflect on it now, what have you learnt through these couple of weeks at the end of term one that will reshape how you do things in term two? Evaluation has been key to everything that we've been doing so far. When we initially put everything together, uh, the conversations we had was were around uh, just essentially using revision within the first few weeks what we wanted to do was test the online platforms that we were using and the delivery that we were giving to the parents and seeing how how the uptake was we collect data weekly around engagement to ensure that uh, we have a nice understanding of how much engagement we're getting within the home uh, parent conversations are happening daily uh, with our parents which really it, it gives us a good understanding some of our grades especially our younger grades have probably planned a little bit too much initially mm. um, our teachers are very very keen but upon reflection we probably need to take a few steps back yeah, where I've I heard, know I've heard a bit of that, that that a sense of almost in our first rush we've loaded up um, learning for, for schools and, and that's been impressive but but maybe particularly that junior year in those juniors less might be more so that's that's how you you're thinking about it a bit absolutely and it was funny that even in our um, uh, initial planning phase the word less is more was mentioned mm. several times I think it's built within our teachers um, that you pl when you say plan hard they do and and it, it shows the eagerness that our, our staff have and it's not just within our school it'd be across the state however you need to be realistic in times like this from what we've seen. You're probably looking at close to halving the amount of work that you would expect in the classroom to be able to d deliver online effectively. And you are looking at totally changing the way that you see teaching and learning and the activities that you might be giving parents, especially for parents who don't speak English. They need to be able to understand uh, the tasks to be able to support their students. So, You, you mentioned measuring engagement. And, and I sometimes think of this challenge in terms of the teaching and learning challenge, the student engagement challenge and the student well-being challenge. How are you measuring engagement? How do you, how do you know if kids are you know, plugged into this learning experience or if in fact they're drifting off or you're, you're losing touch with them in a way because it's, it's hard to keep connected when they're not there in front of you? Absolutely. Teachers do keep their logs okay, about how many students are engaging with them online, but also we did set up Google Analytics within our website to track the amount of traffic that we had 
to our website to see to see exactly how many people were engaging within that as well you can track the um, the amount of users to each tab so we could see which grades were engaging more than others we also um, set that up prior to making phone calls home so we saw that the phone calls home did have an impact surprisingly though mark it was actually the uh setting up sms and sending out bulk sms's mm. that ensured that there was greater engagement throughout the website so that that um feedback so, so that just got, how, how does yeah. that work so what type of message messages do you send out and when do you do that and what's the content of them the sms's have been going out monday um to basically say the next week's worth of learning has now been made available to uh, parents, showing them, the, um, indicating where to find that information, being the website address as well, and also um, just encouraging parents to contact the school if they require any support as well. So that's that's set up through our um, central system that we have within the school. Um, this is predicated, of course, on technology. How... Um uh, you know, not all kids will have technology in the home. Not all families will have internet access. I guess so. So, how have you have you taken on that challenge, which seems to be a big one across the country? Technology has been an issue. Um, we've spent the time re-imaging a lot of our devices within the school, so they're more appropriate for home use. So, a lot of our, nearly all of our devices have now been loaned out as of um, starting here today. I think we had 20 left within the school. Mm. Uh, I know that we will need more than that. We've now put our feelers out to a range of different suppliers to access more devices and to uh, dig into our equity funds and use our equity funds to be able to uh, supply the technology for our families. Our goal is, um, we talk about it regularly, to make sure that every single student um, has their own device. And when I say has their own device, we have a family, some families that have three, four or five children within mm. our school. And just saying, have you got a device at home, is not enough. Uh, each of those students needs a device, and that's what we're pushing for and aiming for. I know that we've reached out to the department to try and supply uh, the internet dongles so we can address they are the in internet hot demand. issues. I, I, this, is, this is a real challenge. Again, I think every school system around the country, uh, many a business is, is looking for those. So uh, they're in rare supply, but we're ferreting them out. And, uh, you know, I think you've been surveyed, as all our principals have been surveyed, for us to identify where the demand is and how to deal with it. Uh, you know, as you've indicated, uh, nearly all your children don't speak English as a first language at home. Um, but we're enlisting parents to be partners in learning in a more profound way than they ever have been before. So how do you go about communicating um, with that parental community and how do you go about engaging them in support where particularly some of them may not, may not be that comfortable or familiar with the learning that's taking place at the school? You're right. Some of them aren't, aren't comfortable or familiar with the learning that we, um, they have within the school. We have sent a range of letters home and we have translated them through uh, QR codes where we have our absolutely fantastic uh, community liaison officers and um, fantastic community language teachers who have volunteered to basically uh, read the letter and that QR code then, uh, when scanned at home with a mobile phone, the letter is read to 
to the parents. So that's brilliant. It, it has been useful and it's something new that um, our um, technology support officer uh, within the school suggested and we thought it was a great idea and I know that our community liaison officers have given us very positive feedback about continuing that so that's what we're looking at doing for very important um, notes that go home to ensure that, that there is a nice clear and consistent message. I've talked about SMS that we do use within the school now. Um, the one thing that we did print out for all of our students, we mail merged a range of um, internet passwords for our online subscriptions for reading aids, mathletics, those those subscriptions. But on there as well, the students have the direct email address of their teacher and the assistant principal attached to that grade. So they've got the open communication uh, available there as well. But what we're now realising is it's actually the phone calls home in the home language that is most vital. I know that Murad has talked about redeploying support staff within the school. Our SLSOs, our community liaison officers and our community, our community language teachers are now used to help translate um, between the classroom teachers and home. And, and that's that's hugely important because the thing that we need to understand as well when we roll out the learning for our community, uh, our community aren't necessarily literate in their own home language as well. And that's not a criticism in any any um, imagination. It's just our community that we work with. So it is important that uh, we do keep that personal aspect and not just send letters home that are translated into the home language. One of the, uh, the remarkable challenges of this is not just the disruption that social distancing brings, but the profound economic impact that this is having as well. We can expect very significant levels of um, unemployment, uh, great turmoil across um, communities that that triggers. Uh, you'd be seeing that in your community as well and, and school often remains as the one stable in institution in a complex and demanding world. You've been doing some, some special work working with local community members to support families that are under stress at this time. Absolutely. Our, our phone calls home, we're already starting to see unemployment on the rise within our um, school community. And um, our community is very proud. They're very generous. They're very caring. Um, but this is the time where we need to flip it and we need to be generous and we need to be caring uh, for them and really keep an eye out on our, our, on our community. I know that we've already um, reached out to a range of different support services and shared that with our community as well. And I know that um, currently um, our executive team are speaking to Guy Zangari, our local um, MP, and trying to work ways around the Woolworths um, limitation on ordering uh, produce and things like that for our community and try to, get a, try to put together um, some care packages for our family at, at their time of need and just looking at trying to tackle the, the disadvantage that is going to only increase in our community before it gets better. Um, let, let's just conclude by thinking about the wellbeing challenge here. You know, we've got a challenge of keeping kids learning and keeping them engaged in learning, but what an, uh, what an insecure and tumultuous time that children are experiencing. I think particularly of those kinder kids, they only had a couple of weeks of school mm. and all of a sudden they, they find themselves at home. Uh, we know that we have students at risk school across the system and we have students uh, where um, school is the one stable, secure, safe part of their life. Um, so how are you thinking through about keeping connected and engaged with students and supporting their well-being at this time? Yeah, you're right, that, it, that, that is a concern. Um, 
currently we are looking at i know that just released just recently that there's a 90-day uh, trial that the department's entered with Zoom where that video side of things of uh, trying to get the students to still connect in that way is something that we're now going to explore a little bit further as well. But it, it is at the moment primarily the phone calls home. But we talk about the student wellbeing and that, that is our top priority within the school and always will be. But the other wellbeing that we're focused quite heavily at our school is our staff wellbeing. Mm. We talk about technology being the key here um, for us we, we honestly believe that technology can be replaced our teachers can't we need to at, at this time be very very uh, aware of the extra stress um, that the staff may be under um, some have young families and they're concerned about going home to their young families um, we need to understand that our experienced teachers we've moved the goalposts of teaching and learning within two weeks on teachers who have been working in a very similar way uh, for 30 years and that's that for me has been the most positive uh, one of the most positive things that I've seen is some of our very experienced staff just embrace the change um, it's I'll use a sporting metaphor, even though it's um, probably not the right time to use a sporting metaphor. But I think metaphors um, of all we've got in sport now, so you should dive right in. That's it. That's it. The goalposts, we've moved them. We've moved them to a different stadium. We've changed the code. Mm. That's what we've done to teaching and learning in yeah. the last two weeks. And um, our staff are the ones who have shown their adaptability. They're the ones who have collaborated and shown the positive mindset in our school. And it's they're in the learning pit. We talk about our students being yeah. in the learning pit. It's our teachers that are primarily at the moment in the learning pit, but they're the ones coming out the other side now and they, they should hold their heads And, and heads it is high. interesting, I, I think. Um, it's, it's almost the inherent contradictions of these strange times we're living in. I mean, everyone's world has been turned upside down to a degree. It's just, these are just very strange times and they're concerning times, particularly the health risk how will it affect us? How will it affect those that we love, those in our community? But at the same time, as you've said, I've just seen such remarkable work, such passion for the craft of teaching and passion for students' learning and engagement and well-being, and extraordinary tireless creativity to just get these last few weeks done. Uh, and so I, I suppose my hope for our teachers and my hope for you is that this Easter break that's coming up provides just a little bit of respite, a little bit of time off the grid um, to just take it easy a bit and renew for what, what lies ahead as a, a challenging and demanding term. All of our staff deserve that break. Thanks very much for your time today, Brad. We appreciate your uh, efforts and your engagement and your leadership. And as I've been saying in my meetings with principals around the state, you know, this is where our leadership is really tested. And I feel that our leaders have really stood up. Thanks to the way that you're standing up at Canley Vale Public School and passing our best to your leadership team there. And thank you for listening to this episode of Every Student. Never miss an episode by subscribing on your podcast platform of choice or by heading to our website at education.nsw.gov.au slash every hyphen student hyphen podcast. Or if you know someone who is a remarkable innovative educator that we could all learn from, you can get in touch with us via Twitter at New South Wales Education, on Facebook, or email everystudentpodcast at det.nsw.edu.au. Thanks again, and I'll catch you next time.